welcome to the Self-Editing Strategist podcast. I'm your host Elsa Vera, and in each episode I'll help you self-edit with confidence to save you time and money and to self-publish your novel without regrets. This podcast will cover ways to self-edit more effectively and efficiently so you experience more joy and less frustration as you take the steps towards self-publishing your novel. Welcome to the Self-Editing Strategist podcast. I'm here with Anya Ray from Fluent Cup, who has graciously agreed to be my podcast guest. And I'm very excited to talk with her about writing communities. Welcome, Anya. Thank you so much, Elzevira. I'm so honored to be here and hang out with you for a little bit and talk about what we both love. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Anya, and I was always going to be a teacher from like the very beginning. I played school at home and taught the neighborhood kids and would get into fights with them when they didn't do my homework. <laughs> and I went to university to get my bachelor's in literary studies. And then I earned my master's of education in secondary education. So for the past six years, I was a high school English teacher on Chicago South Side. And I loved, loved, loved being in the classroom. Long story short, I knew that who I was, I had kind of reached the final draft of that story. And so it was time I felt for something new. And my husband and I decided. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. The sequel. Um, And so we decided that one of our dreams was always to live abroad somewhere. And we decided to pack our bags and our cat and move to Costa Rica. And while we were dreaming about moving locations, I was also dreaming about how I can lean into my writing life. So I wrote the first draft of my first novel while I was a full-time English teacher. And um, that, that, yeah, it was madness. I had part-time side hustles and then I was still gung-ho on on writing this book. And it, it wasn't until my husband actually was like, So are you going to actually write a book or just keep talking about it? And that was apparently the button I needed. And so I got started with NaNoWriMo. uh, But my first draft was a mess. I mean, it was just there. All first drafts are. (laughs) (laughs) I sent it to an editor who I was so excited to send it to. And she was just basically like, Here's the name of a book coach. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> all right. And I worked on that book for three years, but a year and a half of that was just debilitating self doubt. And right. I got it done. I decided, yes, it was good enough. I didn't need gatekeepers to tell me that it was good. Um, mm-hmm. I myself kept turning the pages. And so that to me was the highest indication that this was a good story. And so I published the Cromwell Rules. I released it in December of 2019. Great response. I mean, really amazing community feel. So though I wrote the book pretty much in isolation, the, the people around me really showed up. And they encouraged me to keep going. And so I wrote the second book, Breaking the Rules, in half the time. Because I told my guests at my release party, I said, I think I can write the book in a year and a half. Because this time I won't have debilitating Mm self-doubt keeping me down. And sure enough, um, once I kind of 
crushed that ego that kept wanting perfection out of myself, that kept wanting to write the best book, the most original book, <laughs> the book that'll bring people to their knees. <laughs> Once it was just like, no, let's just tell a story the best way we can. Let's make sure that it's true. All of a yeah. sudden, all of that pressure just kind of lifted off my shoulders. And the second one was released just this past summer. And then I said, you know what, let us figure out why I wrote the second book and like, why did it feel like I, like it just wrote itself. And the answer was because I had the right people around me and I had the support and the encouragement and the mindset to make sure that it happened. And so uh, my husband, Cody and I were thinking and dreaming and we said, you know, there's not much different between a workout program and a writing program. The workout program needs just as much commitment to mindset and just as much motivation, just as much like getting over yourself as writing does. And we started to see a lot of similarities. And so we said, what if we invited women into a community that is structured like a workout program? And that workout program for me is the Ladies' Edge. And it's one that has absolutely inspired the creation of Colin Cup as well. So I do need to give credit where that is. Due. <laughs> and we have seen it grow in the past six months, actually, as of this recording, we're, we're just over six months of our anniversary. Um, <laughs> so much longer. I'm part of the community I as well. Know. It feels like it's been there forever. Doesn't it? And I love that as long, I feel that as long as we stay true to the mission, and that is to empower women to tell the stories that will not let them go and help them give fear, uncertainty, and doubt the middle finger through continued lessons on craft and mindset, then shoot, there's like book after book after book will be published because of the support and encouragement that the women in our community find. I couldn't agree more. And you, you can see it inside of Quill and Cup. So writer after writer finishes their first draft or a second draft or next draft. <laughs> in, in so much less time. time than they thought. Exactly. Yeah, in so, record time. Yeah. I know. I remember there's actually one writer in particular I'd like to highlight. Uh, Nicole, she signed on six months ago and she wasn't really sure who her protagonist was. And she was kind of showing up in 15 minute sprints here and there. Yeah. And over time, she now has a critique partner who we call them our best feedback friends, BFFs, we have <laughs> names for everything. And she has committed to writing at 7 a.m. Eastern time every morning. And that encourages our Pacific Standard Coast time people to wake up at 4 a.m. Like it's insane in the head yeah. but it's sustainable. Like that's what I yeah. love about it is like she has a fire under her. But she doesn't, she's not writing through tension headaches. She's not exactly, putting that yeah. pressure on herself. It's preserving the joy of creation yeah. in a sustainable way, but still doing it in an environment where, like research says that when somebody feels somebody else's motivation, they become motivated and it's yeah. contagious. And Absolutely. so um, and I'm sure you've noticed how protective I am over the energy of Quill and Cup and making yeah. sure that like it, we, we keep it safe. We keep it to, to be as positive as we can while also accepting the difficulties on the journey because Absolutely. We, cannot, yeah. we can't move forward if we don't acknowledge like, wow, this sucks right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, I think we're very, very similar in that way. That we we're here to hold hands through <laughs> through the difficult times, but absolutely uh, not. Yeah, not shy away from them. You have to go through. And them. I think I had convinced myself in the first book that if I didn't do it by myself, then I didn't have what it took. Oh, that's, that's so many writers are with you on that one. I see yeah. so many writers feel like they have to do it by themselves because otherwise it's not real. And right. Then it's not like them. Then, it, then yeah. they had to lean on too many people. And that uh, I'm reading Brad Solberg's The Practice of Groundedness right now. And it's such a life-changing read. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he says is heroic individualism is like our Achilles heel. Where yeah. we try to do things by ourselves because that gives us pride. Well, yeah. what is pride? But the ego trying to go front and center. And it's such a beautiful thing to be vulnerable with our struggles and say, like, you guys, I'm really struggling with this part in the book, or I'm not really sure where to go, or is this even worth it? And to hear right away in a prickle, uh, what we call our writing sessions, to hear that it's not just an echo chamber of like, you're so amazing, you're so great, <laughs> stop saying that stuff, right? It's it's like very real feedback yeah. from the content that other hedgies have read, from the research that other hedgies have read. Like, I love how smart we are and how dedicated we are to education and continued yeah. education, that we don't have a right to stay behind. Uh, yeah. That's what I find so beautiful. Yeah. I also love what you've shared with me before, the, the idea behind Quilling Cup, the name of filling your cup and sharpening your quill. That's right. Yeah, it's, um, it's such a lovely combination. Thank you. It's mindset and craft. That, Absolutely, you know, yeah. You don't... And I, I remember feeling so tired and then expecting myself to be creative. Yeah. And how unfair, how unfair was that? Yeah, for me to put that pressure on myself. But once I started to schedule in my writing time, and once I knew that there was somebody waiting for me on the other side of a writing session, all of a sudden, I was leaving that writing session invigorated and inspired, not tired and drained. So to add a social element to the writing experience has absolutely transformed how I write. And I know that it's transformed the the writing lives of the people in Quill and Cup as well. Yeah, including myself. I'm so glad. Yeah, it's like you said, I up until I joined Quillen Cup, I felt like I was always too tired to write. And whenever I join a prickle and manage to focus on my own writing, it's it's invigorating. I love that so much. Yeah. What do you think Quillen Cup has done for you in terms of managing your own self-editing business? Like, do you use prickle times just for your personal work or do you use it also for like work work? (laughs) I use it also for work work, but I'm trying to, I I found myself using it for work work only a few times in a row. Mm. And then I was like, Mm -hmm. this is not, not how it's supposed to go. This is not the idea (laughs) behind this. (laughs) Um, So I'm trying to at least dedicate like 10 to 15 minutes at the start of each prickle to my own writing, even if I have other Mm -hmm. things to do so that I can show up for my, my own story. And that's That's been working for me. So, and I feel like you mentioned Nicole earlier, I've had a conversation with her too about starting with small increments and then upping the ante as you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then never wanting to go back to to those short periods of writing anymore once you're used to writing for longer periods of time. And I think I'm on the road to that as well. 
Mm-hmm. But it's I'm also, so yeah, I, I do feel like I, I need to give myself the time to work up to that instead Absolutely. of going cold turkey. <laughs> I think so. The, the power of the purple, I think, is that it forces us to sit in the discomfort a little bit. Yeah. Um, if we were by ourselves and we felt that discomfort, we might automatically go to our phones or yeah. we might realize like, wait a second, I have to clean the stairs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but the prickle, when you have the, cause we do it through zoom, we call it our kitchen table beyond the screen. <laughs> yeah, and um, when we see somebody else doing what we know we should be doing, that's the science yeah. of mimicry. So we're more likely to do that thing that we know we should be doing when we see somebody else uh, doing it. And so mics off, cameras on is kind of like our mantra to force ourselves to sit through that discomfort. And then suddenly it's like, wait a second, I'm in flow and I forget where I am. And it doesn't matter that I'm on camera, but for that person who might not be focused yet, they see you in flow. And they're yeah. like, okay, okay, fine. Absolutely. <laughs> and then they yeah. get in the flow. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it also helps. Like at first I was a little intimidated by the idea of showing up on Zoom because mm-hmm. I felt like for Zoom meetings, you need to, to look, look the part. And <laughs> but you like, I think it's in the, yeah, the first, first prickle I attended, you said like, it's, it's fine to show up however you want to, even if it's in your bathroom or whatever, you don't have to show up as your work self, just show up as yourself. Just show up. Absolutely. Your story deserves it. And you deserve it. You deserve to feel by the end of the hour. I wonder if it's because our brain chemicals, when we complete a task, that's a hit of dopamine. Yeah. So when we, when we can see like, wow, I started here at the beginning of the prickle and now I'm here. Like we, we get that hit of dopamine. It's very, it's a a neurochemical that we release and we get to celebrate that together in in a social environment. I mean, it's just magical. Yeah. Yeah. I think also the, like you say, the social element, even if you're yourself, you're like, oh, I didn't do as much as I would have liked. When you share what you've done with the group, everybody is like, oh, wow, that's, you've done that. <laughs> and, then, and you can do it in your bathroom yeah. right after a shower with exactly. a towel on your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm also curious, you call the members of Quill and Cup Hedgies. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> I do. So um, when we were thinking about what, how we would personalize our, our business and our community, Quill and Cup was the name first. And then mm-hmm. we thought, huh, when you think of a quill, you might think of a hedgehog. And oh, then yeah. we were thinking, huh, okay, so hedgie is short for hedgehog. And then we looked up that a group of hedgehogs is called a prickle. And so that was just a moment. I remember exactly Cody and I were driving in the car and it was his idea. He's like the master of Murphy. <laughs> I can't, I can't take credit. And he, um, the moment he said, wait, what's a group of hedgehogs called? And I looked it up and it was a prickle and we looked at each other and I was like, oh my God, that's <laughs> the cutest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. They're, they're prickles. So the way it works is uh, if it's something on the schedule, um, so members receive a, a list of times that we're writing all the time, like this is immovable. Our members have said they will host, they will show up at this time. Yep. So whoever wants to show up and write with them, Awesome. I have, you know, my dedicated host prickle times, but then there are those times that maybe somebody really needs to write. We know as writers that when it feels like we haven't written in a really long time, 
it's kind of like a pressure cooker where it just like builds pressure and you need to release steam at some point. You need yeah. to get words out because it feels like you're going to blow. And so if and when that happens or you're just like, I really need to write, then a member will go into the Slack. We use Slack as our like community chat. And in the Prickle Time channel, they'll say, does anyone want to write with me? And then they'll put a time. And we... <laughs> not on purpose it just worked out this way we just work in eastern time <laughs> everything revolves <laughs> around new york city still and so we convert the times if we want to if not google does a great job <laughs> and then people show up and when those are kind of like organic dynamic they just kind of happen they pop up we call those our pop-up prickles, which is pups for short. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have prickles and pups and it is, it's the way that we connect and show up for each other in our work. I love that. <laughs> I you too. shared earlier that when you wrote your second book, it went a lot faster because you didn't have the crippling self-doubt that you had the first time around. That's right. What, what changed the second time? aside from the community because the mindset you you did mention the community as playing a big part in it but that's a huge transformation that I assume also has to do with more inner workings absolutely it all changed from a mindset of ego to a mindset of a servant heart and so the ego says I want to be a bestseller mm -hmm. the ego says I want people to pay me lots of money for my work. The ego says, I want to have the most original, most brilliant idea ever. And you can want those things. That's mm -hmm. not what I'm saying. Like I want those things. <laughs> but, but if that is your prime motivator, I think that that is crippling in the writing yeah. process because then you are always expecting perfection out of yourself. Yeah, And that would absolutely lead to the fear, uncertainty, and self-doubt that maybe I'm not doing this well enough. Maybe yeah. I'm not rising up to my own standards. And that prevents you from actually getting words down on the yeah. page. And so the big shift was this story isn't about me. Right. This story is for my reader. And yeah. so my job is to write this story in a way that helps the reader see If you continue along this journey, if you are in a trajectory of life where you're navigating situations where you're not learning your lesson, like this is what will happen. Right. But if you learn this lesson, look at how your life can change. Look at how you can change. And that is powerful. And yeah. so to go from the story is about me to the story is not about me, but it requires all of me. That is what I would say is the biggest transformation in my mindset that helped the second book kind of write itself. Right. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. And do you feel like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you feel like now between the second and the third book that you're working on, there's been another shift? Oh, yes. This time, the second book... I wrote a lot from my own pain points. I like mm -hmm. leaned in to my own wounds. And so that led to the character development, which drove the plot. So right. that's when I say that it like wrote itself, um, I had a strong idea of the character. And then once I paired Lisa Crone's wife for story with that idea, it was like, boom, watch the races. <laughs> the third book, I have goals for myself. So right. the first book was, can I write a book? The second book was, 
can I write a book better yeah. than the first book? And the third book is let's play. <laughs> let's see <laughs> I love that. what let's see what I can do. Let's see how I can work with all the lessons I've learned and the, the craft book ideas and like let's just see what happens. Yeah. Um, like there's a certainty that it'll be published. I'm not giving myself a hard deadline, though I have an idea of, of pre-orders already. <laughs> but I'm not like I'm not gonna let myself stress out about it. At this point, I want the third book to make people laugh out loud, but also <laughs> to have heart-wrenching moments and ultimately to make it feel true. Yeah. That's always my goal. Yeah. Based on what you've shared in Quilling Cup, you're well on your way to achieving that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I know. I'm selfish. I booked a critical speaker for next month about... <laughs> humor writing and how uh, nice oh I look forward to that <laughs> so, so I I do my best to ask all the time because it is a membership model so that yeah. means that people are paying their hard-earned money every month just enough that it hurts <laughs> or if you don't show up you feel it right yeah and when you do show up you feel better about it you're like yes yeah. when you I, show up I, it I, feels I, like a steal <laughs> exactly the more the more pups and triples you show up to the lower the membership price right exactly, yeah. <laughs> so um with that in mind and the same mindset that I approach my books with is what I approach Quilling Cup with and that is it's not about me but it requires all of me and what do my members need right now what do they want right now and I see my job as y'all's head coach to say okay they're really struggling with self-editing right now. Hence, I found Elsevira in the <laughs> Netherlands. <laughs> and Elsevira is amazing because you have what I really value is education. You have that education. You have that master's in creative writing that is just like that unlocks so many knowledge doors for so many people. All they yeah. have to do is knock. And so <laughs> when you offered to present for us and then you recorded the daily coaching videos for our members, that is what our members really needed and they're going to continue to need. And so when you decided to join on as a member, um, <laughs> I was over the moon because now not only do we have like me as head coach, but we have Elzevira as, you know, self-editing coach in Prickles with our members where it's yeah. like... You don't you don't pay quote unquote extra for that coaching. Like that's <laughs> part of your that's part of your experience. And yeah. I think that that's just like that is so cool. And so my my goal is always to offer content for our members that they ask for. <laughs> and I as member ask for something to make it yeah. funnier. <laughs> so, <laughs> so everyone else gets to hang on while I I learned that. <laughs> I think that's the beauty of it too, that you're a writer as well. So your needs are very similar to <laughs> the needs of the other members. So I don't think you're being selfish in <laughs> asking for a coach that serves you at that time because it's going to serve someone else as well. I think so. That's the beauty of community is we think that we have to suffer alone when really it's like, we don't have to suffer at all. We just have to bring our pain points to the community. Exactly. And somebody, I think Chrisanne in our pub just like an hour ago brought up, right? Or no, Ashley did. She's a brand new member and I love her already where <laughs> she's like, I love that we can just like bring up what's going on or what's the matter. And somebody is going to have an idea of how to fix yeah. it. So I think it's so funny when people are like, 
I just wanted you to listen to my problem, not solve it. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I've always struggled with that because one of the things my best friend and I bonded over in high school was there was complaining everywhere. Everyone felt like they were complaining. Yeah. And my best friend and I bonded, I think, over the fact that we're just like, man, like what if they spent as much time trying to solve their problem as they did complaining about it? Oh, I love and that. So I think that might be a major thread in pulling cup. Like I want yeah. people who want to solve their problems, not just talk about their problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think that's also something in Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert also mentions the, the trope of the suffering artist, I think she calls it. And that's also, yeah, the idea that you need to suffer to create good art and you need to be in pain to be a writer, which is just not true. And she's like, just, you're allowed to be happy yeah. <laughs> if you work on <laughs> what makes you happy. <laughs> it's like, right? I know. I really have to read that book. I'm so glad you brought yes, that up. Yeah, um, you, it's, it's definitely it's, on my top five of TBRs. <laughs> bump it up to one minute. <laughs> okay okay <laughs> um yeah you know this is funny because I don't think it's unique to writing my no. husband was talking about how earlier in our lives when we're kind of in that puppy love stage as teenagers mm-hmm. and we're like suffering for our crush oh we're suffering yeah. for that person that unrequited lover And then he met me and we started dating and he had a question whether he actually loved me or not, because he didn't feel that suffering. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) And he thankfully came to the conclusion that that means that it's actually in the the healthiest form. Right. (laughs) Um, So I would I would reckon that, that your writing life is in its healthiest form when you're finding joy in it absolutely yeah oh I love that that comparison yeah. <laughs> it took me back to <laughs> a lot of high up. school crushes <laughs> I, I know right unfortunately we had a lot of lessons to learn with yeah. <laughs> it's also I yeah I've had a lot of people around me who when they reached the right relationship they were like I didn't know it could be this easy and that's the sign yeah. that you're in the right one <laughs> right the hard work is in maintaining it then yeah like that's exactly. where the hard work comes right? not in that's when making sure that it's intentional practice <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice do you have out of quill and cup do you have any experience with other writing communities i do and i don't know that i would put them on blast but i know what they offer and i will say that just like there's a different gym or a different cafe right for everybody that they find something that feels like home to them. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel like home in any of them until right. I, I started building the Hedgy House. So yeah. yes, they have merit in their own ways and it all really depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, there are some writing communities that you can spend most of the time talking about your personal issues. There yeah. are some communities where it's centered around a book like a craft book that you're reading and can discuss together. There are some that like don't really have any structure at all. And that would work for some people. I coming from my education background, see the value in structure. And so see the value in consistency. And so that's what I attempt to bring to the edgy house and the members who desire that kind of accountability and continued education, they'll find value in that. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's uh, it's all about what you're looking for, and I also think it's it's important to be in tune with what you need at any given moment and be okay with the fact that that can change over time. Yes, I agree. As much as I love, love, love having my members in the Hedgy House, there are instances where they need to leave us for a while. And that, I mean, that changes with the seasons. Yeah. Like, I don't know what writing will look like if and when I become a new mom, a new mother. Yeah. Um, like, that'll be a, a learning experience. I know some moms who like, just just go for it like you're a mom who just goes for it right like well, for me it was actually baby. after my daughter yeah. was born that I got back into writing <laughs> right exactly and so we honor those different seasons in our lives and yeah. we don't stop cheering for our writers like regardless regardless of whether they're in the hedgy house or not like that's yeah. what I see our our Instagram page as is a place for those who aren't quite ready to be in the community can still get a taste of the culture and still feel yeah. inspired and empowered just by searching for at cool and cup. Like it's that easy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. But yeah, and the vibe, the vibe on your Instagram page is, is so lovely already. Just uh, everybody go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. We have a hedgy, her name is Stacy and she's been a professional graphic designer for a long time. And so she was really instrumental in helping me learn what an aesthetic is, oh, and nice. branding <laughs> colors, and she created the logo for us. So we're really mm. lucky that we have, Quill and Cup would not be what it is without the people. Like mm-hmm. I'm just one person. Um, it's all the people who are buying into the mission and helping me carry it out because they believe the transformation that it can make in, in yeah. lives and, and the lives of the readers. Like it is carrying a ripple effect that we won't ever get the full magnitude of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't know what your book is going to well, do to your readers. It sounds like a negative thing, but <laughs> in a very positive do, sense. Yeah, right. Do for your readers, maybe we can. Right. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do for your readers. That's a better. <laughs> I have two questions remaining. One: What sure. is the big dream for Quill and Cup? What's the ultimate dream going forward? So the big dream for Quill and Cup is to have thousands of writers in the Hedgy House, different cohorts. So you're writing perhaps with people who are in the same journey as you. So maybe we would have like baby Hedgies just starting their (laughs) their work, just like starting their stories. We'd have the more uh, experienced Hedgies who are kind of on a track together, but also to have the opportunity to mix all those up. Right. Um, I taught in schools where, you know, you have the honors track and you'll have the mainstream track and stuff like that. And there is value in putting the experienced uh, students with those who are just starting out. And so to have the same kind of levels of engagement, I would love to have an actual hedgy house, um, like (laughs) physical hedgy house where writers could fly in and stay on the Quill and Cup property and um, yeah. give themselves the gift of a writer's retreat um, where they can also meet like actual other hedgies mm-hmm. in the same house and spend time together. Um, and then you would know that you are spending time at the kitchen table, actual kitchen <laughs> table with women who are like-minded and who like know they can write this book and they want to do it in community. 
I love that. I look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> I really do too. I can see hedgehog symbols just about everywhere. <laughs> everywhere, yeah. <laughs> Merchandise. Yeah, that's coming up soon. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. I'm excited to invite as many women who would fit and support the mission as I can. I offer the trial week uh, specifically for that. So let's see if you fit in. Let's see if you would like to fit in. Um, ultimately, the, the community is what you put into it, right? It's true of any relationship. So like yeah. you get what you give. And so if you are giving a lot of yourself, like you expect to receive a lot as well. Yeah. Um, but also for those writers who are doing their full-time side hustle lives, like I was, mm -hmm. all I needed was an hour. Like all yeah. I needed to do was an hour a week. And so Quillen Cup is there for that writer as well, who can only give one hour. Yeah. But even that one hour over time creates a, a draft. Exactly. And it creates yeah. the, the chance for that draft to be edited and it creates the chance for the editing to become an actual published novel that ends up in your reader's hands. Yeah. So do not underestimate the value of just one prickle. Absolutely. Yeah. Even being in contact with other people who are in different parts of the journey that shows you what mm -hmm. the journey looks like and what your next steps will be. Something to look forward yes. to. Yes. Absolutely. And from all over the world. Yes. Like I think it's amazing. You're in the Netherlands and you get to write with us. And we have we had a writer in India that was yeah. with us earlier and Chile that was with us earlier and all yeah. over the United States. And you're in I Costa Rica. Just, I'm in Costa Rica. Like we literally have no borders um, yeah. for Quill and Cup. Anyone <laughs> is welcome as long as they are willing to put in the effort to their story and are willing yeah. to kill their writer's ego. That's yeah. like basically all we ask for, <laughs> which is really hard. It was really, I had a, I had a humongous writer's ego. That's why it took me a year and a half to figure it out. <laughs> so if people are interested in the free trial week, how can they access that? So they can either DM me directly at Quill and Cup, or they can go over to our website, quillandcup.com. At the top of the page, there is either going to be a join the waitlist option where you can just drop your name in there and I'll know to get in contact with you. Or if you happen to want your trial week at the time that we're offering a prickle on Monday night, that is either a workshop or a webinar that you would receive value in and you would receive value in it because I don't host <laughs> <laughs> I don't host workshops that don't matter so you would drop your name in and receive the zoom link for that prickle and attending one prickle unlocks your trial week and so we would follow up with you at that point and at the end of the trial week if you decided that cool and cup feels like home then we would love to have you and then you can go ahead and sign up officially. There's a join now button at quillandcup.com. Uh, you do not need to do the trial week in order to become a member. I feel like I need to make that clear. Like yeah. we, if, if you are deciding that Quill and Cup is for you, then we already know that Quill and Cup is for you. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do some interview process or anything like that. Yeah. No, you're in as soon as you decide that you want to be in. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. And the final question that I have for you is what is the best piece of self-editing advice that you have ever heard? Oh, 
The best piece of self-editing advice that I have ever heard is to read your book like a reader would. And if you're bored, then the reader will be bored. <laughs> uh, that's a great one. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> that's a great note to end on. <laughs> Go back and change it. And it's hair prickle on adding humor. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Anya, for your time. Oh, it was so lovely welcome. to have you on as a guest. Maybe we'll see you again in the future. <laughs> thank you so much, Elsevier. I really appreciate it. Take care. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Self-Editing Strategies podcast. You would really help me out by leaving a review on Spotify. That way, other writers will also discover the podcast, and I can help them just like I'm helping you. If you're ready to start your self-editing journey, make sure to grab your free checklist on checklist.widowediting.com. The free self-editing checklist will guide you through the entire self-editing process by showing you the different stages and in which order to go through them for the best results. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.